This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. A busy, busy week of news. I mean, we've had body parts being sold from tissue or abortion babies. We had the shootings. Four Marines in Tennessee. Uh, No indication, of course, that the Chattanooga shooter was inspired by Islamic State. Uh Uh-huh. Tennessee has... uh, Put their flags at half-mast. I haven't heard of whether Washington is going to do that or not. You had the Iran nuke deal. You had the exciting news that uh, this lady, Sierra Magrone, uses the alias Nocturnus Libertus on Facebook, issued a challenge to her supporters. She wanted young African to clean their, she used another word, rear end, with the rag of oppression. What do you think the rag of oppression is? That's right. The United States flag. Ah, oh, such a good look. And she sounds great. If you have an opportunity to hear her, please do so. There were three deliberate, simultaneous explosions at a petrochemical plant in France on Bastille Day. Mm, we heard all about that, though, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, right now, there's... Uh, Oh, we just couldn't say if it was due to terrorism or not. Uh-huh. One of my favorite things that happened this week, if you follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA, Rod Stewart, 70 years old, Rod Stewart, 70 years old, was a guest in uh, James Corden's uh, Carpool Karaoke Series, which is a great bit, by the way, that James Corden does with the Late Show on CBS. And they drive around singing classic songs from Rod Stewart, who's 70, and in this episode, they perform, you know, he first, all his hits and talks about uh, being uh, a rock star uh, early on and how they didn't get any respect and they just trashed hotel rooms and did nothing but uh, what Ride calls shagging and a drinking. Shagging and a drinking. And of course, uh, he's got his uh, new song in collaboration with uh, ASAP Rocky, who appeared in the back seat, and they did uh, part of their song, which was a really good bit. Actually, so Rod's out hawking his. His seventy looks great. Looks great. And for those of you that think I don't know anything about computers, this is nothing. Rod Stewart gets out of the car and says, I- "I'll call Uber. It'll be fine. I'll call Uber. Can I get you a ride?" Nope, I call Uber. So you too can be just a little more hip than you think you can be. Now, some of you set your alar- set your alarms for uh, to get up and listen to the broadcast. Others still. 
partying, those of you that set your alarm may have a hangover. You may suffer from what's being termed now as alcohol use disorder. Hmm. Now, do you have it? Had times when you ended up drinking more or longer than you intended? More than once wanted to cut down or stop drinking. Tried to, but couldn't. Spent a lot of time drinking or being sick of getting over the after effects. Experienced cravings, a strong need or urge to drink. Found that drinking or being sick from drinking often interfered with taking care of your home or family or caused job troubles or school problems. Continued to drink even though it was causing trouble with your family or friends. Given up or cut back on activities that were important or interesting to you or gave you pleasure in order to drink. More than once gotten into situations while after drinking that increased your chances of getting hurt. Driving, swimming, machinery, walking in a dangerous area, having unsafe sex, any of these, you may suffer from alcohol use disorder. Continue to drink even though it was making you feel depressed or anxious or adding to another health problem or after having had a memory blackout. Had to drink much more than you once did to get the effect you want. Or found that your usual number of drinks had much less effect than before. Found that when the effects of alcohol were wearing off, you had withdrawal symptoms. Trouble sleeping, shakiness, irritability, anxiety, depression, restlessness, nausea, sweating. Sense things that were not there. Alcohol use disorder. Now, if you watch, I mean, I, you watch some of the, I'm amazed. What brought this into my mind th- thinking about this was when you watch television shows, if you have an opportunity to catch some of the television shows, some of the big TV shows, you know, we've given, we've banned tobacco from TV forever. So nobody smokes. But so many shows revolve around alcohol. It's amazing. When you just stop and look, I'm thinking, they're drinking again? So alcohol problems affect almost 33 million adults. And most never sought any treatment. According to a government survey that uh, suggests the rates have increased in recent years. The study, the first national estimate based on the new term alcohol use disorder. And it, uh, in the widely used a psychiatric handbook, DSM-5, and really, seriously, who doesn't read the psychiatric handbook, DSM-5, that was updated in 2013, researchers from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism asked 36,000 adults during that year, 2012 to 2013, about lifetime drinking habits, including current or within the past year, 14% of adults were current or recent problem drinkers, nearly 33 million nationally. 30%, almost 69 million, had some point in their lives had, had, a, uh, had an issue. Now, the University of Missouri broke down the types of drunks into four distinct categories. Uh, and this, of course, was published in the Addiction Research and Theory. And, pff, I mean, who doesn't go over that? the uh, Addiction Research and Theory Journal. Scientists surveyed 187 pairs of undergraduate drinking buddies. Okay? Now, the findings, you were either a Hemingway, Mary Poppins, Nutty Professor, or Mr. Hyde Drunk. 
the largest group, the Hemingways, which represented about 42% of the subjects. These subjects reported experiencing the smallest decrease in organizational and intellectual skills and are drinkers who tend not to undergo drastic character changes or experience harms. So if you're a Mr. Hyde drunk, look out. About 23% could be called Mr. Hyde or Ms. Hyde. Since more than half of the subjects who fell into this category were women, meaning they became particularly less responsible, less intellectual, and more hostile when under the influence of alcohol. And we've all seen that before, haven't we? One-fifth earned the honor of being labeled the nutty professor. They were more introverted, more particularly agreeable after drinking. In other words, happy, sweet drunks who don't cause any trouble. Wow. Now, I know what you're asking yourself. I wonder what eye color is the worst or, you know, the best to have. Well, people with blue eyes really run a higher risk of being alcoholics. A new study out of the University of Vermont suggests that the link not only exists, but it appears to be a genetic one. Wow. This in the American Journal of Medical Genetics, Part B, Neuropsychiatric Genetics. Uh, Seriously, these, I mean, hello. You've read that in depth, haven't you? Yes, of course you have. The researchers find that among European Americans, those with light-colored eyes, such as green or gray in the center, have higher rates of alcohol dependency. Amazing. Now, New York is taking this head on. No more drunk sex. In college, anyway. That's, you know, what they're hoping. Good luck, guys and gals, across New York and soon-to-be America. So you have to ask if it's okay to put your hand on another person's butt. During foreplay. And each little move after, yet again, touching another part of her body. And, my gosh, now there's a law that says you have to do this. Good! In New York, there's now on college, there is a new law on college campuses, a bill signed July 7th. Both parties are to obtain consent for sex and each nibble and caress that sometimes paves the way. The law applies only on college campuses, uh-huh, but it may hit the rest of the states soon. It's a simple concept. Instead of no means no, it's yes means yes. It switches the dynamic of consent in what could be an empowering way. Right. The hope is that by changing the power structure of the hookup and making it law, college sexual assaults will decrease. And we all know that those are just through the roof. Uh, Not really so. Uh, Legislation proposed by Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's top-notch guy, called Enough is Enough, was passed unanimously by the state legislature. Of course it was passed unanimously. Nobody wants to say they were against this. Changing the conversation around sexual consent among college students will take more than a year or two, says Angie Delgado, also a student. She gets made fun of when she talks about the need to talk about the hookup before it happens. No. Not many people ask, can I do this? During every step they take. And often, lots of alcohol is involved. 
That, she said, needs to get more attention. Ah, no more party fooling around for guys or girls. Okay, you can't plan to yourself, I'm going to go get hammered and mess around. Not going to happen. I can't tell you how many times Angie Delgado says, I've heard stories of girls waking up in different room next to a guy they don't remember going home with. The point is, people have to come to accept this type of behavior. And what they don't realize is that it can be considered rape. Of course it can. Yes means yes. Instead of no means no. So, hmm. what do you say? We go have a beer and discuss, discuss what we can and can't touch. Huh? Oh, yeah. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Welcome to it. Thanks for being here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Plenty of live programming today for you on the Blaze Radio Network. Immediately following this broadcast, Michael Pelka with Puro Pelka. Right into Andrew WK with America WK. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. No need to go anywhere else than right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelka. Imperial Pelka, I'm not sure what he's uh, giving away today. I think he's uh, talking to his uh, Wimbledon family member who won the won the juniors championship. So he may be giving away uh, Puro Pelka sunglasses in honor of Wimbledon and watching tennis out in the open, back and forth, back and forth. So I don't know. I know it's possible that he could be giving it away. I just you know, I don't know that. So we also, uh, this past week, had uh, the tremendous uh, award, the Arthur Ashe Courage Award, given to Bruce, I mean, Caitlin Jenner uh, at the ESPYs and uh, the world. Not everyone was happy. I mean, the ex-wife, Chris, was all about it, saying he looked amazing in his cream Versace gown. And uh, <laughs> the daughters were at the event, and everybody thought it was wonderful. Listen, they got uh, they got huge numbers. Uh, the ESPYs uh, record ratings night on Wednesday, huh? I wonder. Uh, wonder what could have caused that. Everyone tuning into maybe see Chris. We've had fights on television between tra- transgender people and. Everybody wants to be so inclusive and so get along, and yet the one Zoe Tour told the little panelist, hey, cut that out now or you'll go home in an ambulance. But we all want to get along. We all want to get along. There's no question about that. And Friday Night Lights, uh, Peter Berg, director of uh, Lone Survivor and Friday Night Lights, uh, he... uh, 
he wasn't real happy with the Bruce Jenner Award, uh, the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the ESPYs. Um, he posted an Instagram that, uh, and he posted it without comment. He just uh, posted the picture featuring an Army veteran, Gregory Gadsden, uh, who played a role in Berg's battleship alongside one of Jenner. And it the, it says, the caption on the two pictures side by side, one man traded two legs for freedom. The other traded two, I don't know if I want to call them dingles or berries, for two berries or dingles. Guess which man made the cover of Vanity Fair, was praised for his courage by President Obama, and is to be honored with the Arthur Ashe Courage Award by ESPN. And they're all wound up at him for that. All wound up at him for that. And in case you were one of the many who said, you know, I don't know if I want to listen to Bruce or not. I mean, Caitlin, 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 Caitlin. Here's some highlights of the speech, and just it's enough to warm your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, the courageous, the stunning... Caitlyn Jenner. She's from the U.S. soccer team. Stunning. Caitlyn Jenner. As she, as a group, as athletes, how you conduct your lives, what you say, what you do, is absorbed and observed by millions of people, especially young people. I know I'm clear with my responsibility in going forward to tell my story the right way for me, to keep learning, to do whatever I can to reshape the landscape of how trans issues are viewed, how trans people are treated, and then more broadly, to promote a very simple idea, accepting people for who they are. Yes, Accepting people's differences. Thank you. But this transition has been harder on me than anything I could imagine. And that's the case for so many others besides me. For that reason alone, trans people deserve something vital. They deserve your respect. Oh, clap. Yes. If you want to call me names, make jokes, doubt my intentions, go ahead. Because the reality is, I can take it. But for the thousands of kids out there coming to terms with being true to who they are, they shouldn't have to take it. Uh, Thank you so much for this platform. Thank you so much for this honor bestowed on myself and my family. Thank you. She looked great in the Versace, no question about it. Now, some have said that uh, the, they got great numbers. Now, some have said this was a the the award. The award was you know thanks for letting uh, letting us do the interview at ABC for the you know the grand interview, and uh, they said that's completely hogwash. And of course, she's got the I am Kate reality. I'm sorry, the TV docu series on the E Network. That uh, starts up uh, real soon, later this month, I think. So, and if you notice that uh, now in today's world, it's not, I don't think, I, I, I don't think they're saying transgendered. If you listen to Bruce and listen to some of the others that have been around, I mean, Caitlin, 
that have been around for quite a while. It's transgender. It's no longer transgender people. You are now transgender. Think about it. Transgender. Ugh. Agonizing. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show. Welcome to it. An amazing story out of Washington this week. A 16-year-old, two nights in the woods after a plane crashed. She's flying from Montana to Washington and crashes into the mountains. She's flying with her grandparents and... They don't make it. She does. She is amazing. When she finally made it to the store where she called 911, uh, Rick DeLuke, Rick LaDuke, owner of the Mazama store, she said she was pretty traumatized when she arrived at a store. Really? He says he knows the terrain in the region quite well and describes it as the most rugged part of the Cascades. One of his employees is a certified EMT and was able to calm the team down before she went to the hospital. Now, she was out wandering around, and we'll get to the full story. Uh, And she got picked up, finally found a, a trail, a road, and got picked up and then sent to, they took her to this store to make the call to 911. Hello? Hi, this is Michael with the Okanagan County 911. What is your name? Autumn Beach. Autumn Beach, B-E-E-C-H? V-E-A-T-C-H. Okay, and so tell me exactly what happened. Um, I was riding from Kalispell, Montana to Bellingham, Washington, and about, well, I don't know where, but we crashed, and I was the only one that made it out. Amazing. Okay. Um, made it out from the collision or, or survived? Yeah, the only one that survived. Okay. Are you injured at all? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of burns on my hands, and I'm, like, kind of covered in bruises and scratches and stuff. Okay. All right, Autumn. How old are you? I'm 16. I'm going to send someone out to come help you there at the Mazama store. Just don't go anywhere, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Frank Rogers from the uh, Okanagan County Sheriff said, I'll tell you this. From all of us here, we're just impressed, just amazing what she went through, especially at 16. Enough for an adult, but at 16, 
it's pretty darn impressive. Now, she gave a quick news report to a local news station, uh, King 5. And uh, this was one of the first interviews that she gave once she started to heal. And I was looking forward, and everything was white. Like, everything in all the windows, everything was white. And then just suddenly it was just all trees, and then it was fire. They were both screaming. I was trying to help them. I also wasn't believing that it was real at first, especially when we crashed. I I thought I was dreaming. I didn't think it was real, but I still made it out. But I was crying and kind of blaming myself because, you know, Grandma and Grandpa, they're they're amazing people, and they didn't deserve to go that way. Nobody deserves that. And I was just blaming myself because the flight was to take me home, and there wasn't anything I could do, and... I mean, it took me a long time to realize that they would just be happy that at least I made it out. Now, that's amazing. She sounds pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Now, she gave a big interview to uh, NBC, Miguel Almagar, and she goes into a little bit more detail of what actually took place. It got a little bit bumpy, and we were only using, like, a little tablet with some GPS on it. Autumn Veach was flying home to Washington State with her grandparents, Sharon and Leland Bowman, when their small plane hit turbulence. It got a little bit more cloudy and harder to see, and we were having to go up and then down and side to side a lot more and having to do some sharp turns around mountains. Autumn sent this text to her boyfriend. Joking, if I die, remember I love you. Conditions soon got worse. You couldn't see out of the front at all. Everything was just white. And um, Grandpa, he was kind of just like, wow, this isn't good. I was kind of crouching down because I was really scared. (laughs) And I figured that they would sort it out because that's typically how that goes. But the plane was going down. Everything was white. And then just suddenly it was just all trees. And then it was fire. And so what happened when you went down, when you made impact? It took only a couple of seconds for fire to start coming in, and that's how my face got burned. It's beyond me how I made it out. Autumn's grandparents were trapped. I was trying to help them. I couldn't get to Grandma at all. Grandpa pulled himself halfway out. I was reaching, trying to pull him out. I realized that there was nothing I could do and that they were gone. I, my instinct was to just go straight downhill. Frightened with burns on her face and body, Autumn found a small stream. That was something that stuck in my head. Running water always leaves civilization, apparently. But civilization was nowhere in sight. And after a freezing night in wet clothes, she started losing hope. I was like thinking, well, I'm obviously going to die. Like, why can't I just die fast? She was ready to give up. Then I started thinking about all the things like, so if I die... What are all the things that I'm never going to be able to do ever again? And I just got this surge of willpower and was like, there's no way I can die without hugging somebody again. So she fought, braving cliffs, waterfalls, and endless bug bites. The forest was really unforgiving. Finally, on day three, the break she desperately needed. I saw bridge, and I was like that's not real. (laughs) My heart just dropped and I was like, is this real? Am I actually going to make it? Autumn found help and after being reunited with loved ones, says she also found a new perspective. I have such a newfound respect for life now. Every little thing makes me so grateful. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Think of that. Think of that. No idea where you are. It's cold, wet. So just sitting there by a tree thinking, I'm freezing and it's starting to rain. I was so cold and I was thinking, those Survivor shows that I used to watch all the time, what always gets people? It, it's always dehydration or hypothermia. I was like, I'm definitely going to die of hypothermia. It was so cold. I've never been that cold in my life. She fell down a cliff, scaled waterfalls, continued on. Amazing. Now, she was released from the hospital in Brewster uh, earlier this week, and she's home, and she's recuperating. And they have finally, I believe, located the wreckage of the plane. They can't get to it yet. Think of that. We can't even get to where the plane crashed, and she finally you know, spent two and a half, three days in the woods wandering around got the hell out of there. It's unbelievable. Good. I mean, her life matters. Your life matters. So if there's any doubt that she had, that her life didn't matter, (laughs) she was, she knows now that she's here for a reason and it matters. We don't come out of that not thinking that. That's amazing. Now, she spent days wandering around the woods. Banged up, cold, freezing. She's scaling rocks, falling down waterfalls, falling down hills, feeling like she's going to die. And yet, and she survives. So yesterday, I'm in front of my house, and I turn to go get in the car. And did you know that if you don't lift your foot high enough, up over the driveway because the concrete's up above the grass a little bit. You fall. You trip. And amazingly, if you can't get your other foot underneath you in time, all that time gravity is pulling you faster toward Earth. Now, Caitlin knows this. Caitlin knows that gravity pulls you toward Earth, pulls you down mountains, pulls you down streams. I, I too, know this. I know that gravity pulls you toward concrete. I haven't fallen like that in a long Man, I'm telling you, concrete hurts. You can quote me on that. Concrete hurts. And I, I've been raised to get, when you when you fall, you get up. You just get up. You don't lay on the ground and, oh, I fell. So, I mean, I hit the ground and, you know, glasses, phone, everything, hat flying everywhere. And, I mean, I'm right back up and I'm picking up my phone and my glasses and I'll we were going. My daughter was in the car, and she didn't even see me crash. She saw me picking up. She thought she was chuckling, thinking, Daddy dropped his phone again. Yeah, I dropped my phone after I tripped and hit the concrete. So I get in the car. I sit in the car for a second, and you're kind of like, okay, well, I just slammed into the concrete. Uh, Okay. Where do we go from here? Let's see. Knee, wrist forehead huh so this is just a little helpful hint from me that if and when you fall try your darndest not to fall on concrete because 
concrete is a lot worse than some sort of grass and dirt because it's really, really hard and it hurts a lot. And after you fall like that and you can't lift one of your arms, is that a problem? Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up uh, right after this broadcast, Mike Opelka with Pure Opelka. And a whole lot more live programming all weekend long for you on the Blaze Radio Network. And then weekdays, of course, you've got Doc and Skip, Glenn, who is still uh, resting his voice, by the way. Uh, he'll be back at the end of the month. So it's uh, Pat, Stu, and myself uh, filling in. And then uh, then we're going to hit up a vacation, and then we'll be back. So and then we'll be all geared up heading into uh, A28 for Birmingham. So relax. Have a good July. Take it easy. We'll be plenty of live programming, plenty of stuff to take take grab onto here at the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be here for you. Don't forget about Buck and Jay, Pat and Stu. And so we're, we're all here. Relax. Take a breath. It's all good. Don't don't look so sad. It's all good. Okay? All right, baby. Now, coming up a little bit later on in this broadcast, Brad Meltzer is going to join us. And he's going to, you know, he wants to talk about his new book, of course, but I'm asking him. I'm going to ask him. I got some personal questions I got to ask Brad. I want some answers. I want some answers to a couple of things. And if you have some questions for Brad, go ahead and tweet me at JeffyMRA. Uh, you know, hashtag question for Brad or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll ask him for you. No problem. I love Brad. And he'll be, I'm sure he'll be talking to us from his South Florida retreat, which will be a, you know, a wonderful thing. So why is it that all the futuristic stuff has to be small? You know, like I, I look at the, there's a new thing called the Eco Capsule. And it's a mini apartment, all the conventional luxuries you would expect, but generates its own clean energy and can be situated anywhere from city to tundra. And they show this egg thing in the middle of nowhere with its windmill popped up in the air. And you're supposed to, and this is where you're supposed to live? I mean, it's, it really is a, a room. I mean, it's like something they ought to put them in uh, airports, so that's where you would sleep. You could rent them in airports instead of getting a hotel, and actually that's a million-dollar idea, their eco-capsule. Make your own little eco-capsule sleeping area around airports. So people would just use those. Huh? Well, you're welcome. I know. But, of course, if there's anything that makes you think to yourself, what could possibly be wrong with eco capsules a tweet from susan sarandon happy to really excited about the eco capsule who can i talk to on your end dm me really are you susan because i know the eco capsule is right up there with your 
you know, brand new $2 million penthouse in New York. I'm not sure how much your place out out on the West Coast costs, but I know you got a couple. I know you only spent, uh, you got a good deal on that $2 million penthouse in New York. So I'm sure you got a little extra to foot on Eco Capsule, right? Where this is what you're going to use it for what? The kids? Ugh. And then they have a 3D printer who says 3D printer can print emergency housing in just 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, hey, kind of cool. But the emergency housing looks like a doghouse. It's just a big doghouse. Or it could be a coffin. If they don't put the doghouse thing in, it's just a coffin. I want something a little bit better. Can we maybe just something a little bit better than a doghouse and an egg-shaped room for the future? That's all I'm asking. You know, just... that's all I'm asking. A little bit better than an egg-shaped room and a coffin for the future. That's all I'm asking. That's it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. You know, there are some good things to look forward to in the future. Like robot-staffed hotels. First one in Japan. I'll tweet it out at Jeffy MRA, but you've got Porter robots. Once you check in, you just slide your card and you set your luggage on it and it takes you to your room. That's kind of cool. I'm okay with that. And then there's uh, there's the uh, the staff robot that gives you hot towels and tells you information that's kind of cool they claim that that's not 100 percent ready yet but they do have a separate one that you just kind of walks around the hotel and you can stop and it gives you information about local area events what's going on uh you know and you know i gotta love that just stop and listen and it's got the little computer screen on the front so you just tap what information you want to know if it's rambling about something you don't want to know i mean that's kind of cool Right? A little information computers. And then at the front desk, you have the one robot that looks almost human, which is, remember what we've talked about in the past, that robots that look almost human are the creepiest ones. We don't like those because we know that they're trying to be human, but they aren't. But if they look like a robot, we're fine because we know, eh, they're not human, they're a robot. All right? 
So that's kind of cool. And that, and she meets you. And, you know, it looks almost like a human, but it's not. So at the hotel, it will greet you and, you know, get your information, put it in the system. But it's not quite human enough. So you still might be okay with it, but it looks... I don't know, dollish, kind of like a little doll. And then they have this giant dinosaur, wears a hat and a bow tie, and he's one of the receptionists, one of the people that take your information. And bingo, he looks like a dinosaur, so a dinosaur. We'll probably love that. We'll eat that up. It's Jurassic park ick. So we'll love that. But that's coming to hotels in America soon, you bet on that. And then they have the little robot in the room, which eh, I don't know if I'm so big on that, but because we had the story uh, last week, I don't know if I ever got to it, but we had the story last week where the uh, the hotel in Southeast Asia was uh, filming people for their porn sites. So you would check into their room, and they would film you, and then they would upload it to their porn sites. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we know our rooms are cheap. That's why. So then they've got the little computer dial in your room giving you uh, information, give you the wake-up calls, let you know what's going on tomorrow, and, you know, you know, kind of, kind of a little weird. Just a little. But it'd be fun to have. It'd be fun to go to once in a while, wouldn't you think? And but and you say that, and you say, and then you go back to what we were thinking about. Uh, you know, if well, if they look like robots, they're fine. But if they start looking like people, and we can't tell the difference, or if they look like people, and they're really close to looking like people, but they don't quite have that human action that we know to be human, uh, we get all kind of freaked out. But then we had the robot that looks like a robot. They're starting to pass self-awareness tests. So they're starting to learn. Yay! What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Nothing. And the coolest thing, I hope I see it. Tremendous idea. I wish I was a part of it. There's a robot that's going to hitchhike coast to coast across the US. I want we I we will talk to these people on this show. I want to talk to these people. I want to talk I want to the robot is really cool. Um it started yesterday in Massachusetts. I I wish I wish I would I saw the story last night or I would have tried to get a hold of these people for today. I go well, I will talk to these people soon. I want to know how the hitchbot works out i want to see the hitch bot now um it just wants to go with the humanoid robot named Hitchbot, already caught rides across canada and europe uh relying on the kindness of strangers would you pick up Hitchbot? i absolutely would pick up Hitchbot, but i don't know if you would <laughs> it's gonna go to uh times square mount rushmore the grand canyon that's a big trip. That's more crisscrossing the U.S. Wow. Um, 
I don't know what I if we pick it up. Maybe strap it to the outside of the car. Just put it inside. Hey, pictures of Hitchbot along the roads. <laughs> I I have to see this. I hope he comes. We Hitchbot, you got to come to Texas. I want these. I will talk to these people. And if you get, if you, I want Hitchbot sightings on my Twitter feed. Instagram them, Twitter feed them, Facebook them. We've got to have Hitchbot sightings. I want to see this. So, so far, they say there are no signs of anything nefarious done to the robot. Now, come on, people. Leave the robot be. It's just a Hitchbot. And, uh,. They say that there at least there's no proof that nothing nefarious has happened. They don't they don't look for that. Okay. And apparently the robot is designed to, to be a talking travel companion. And toss out factoids and it carries on limited conversation. So it knows a little bit about where it's at, and that's what's programmed. It's a low tech look, something we dubbed the yard sale aesthetic. The other creator uh, from McMaster University in Ontario. The head is actually an acrylic cake saver. <laughs> uh, it has a bucket for a body and a bendy foam limbs capped by yellow gardening hoses and matching rubber boots. Uh, they want to make it approachable and detour potential in thieves. Now, we want to see what people will do with this kind of technology when they le- when we leave it up to them. So they just they don't want to mess with it. Um, it's an art project in the wild. So Hitchbot is an art project in the wild. I don't know what they're trying to achieve from Hitchbot other than just hey look we made it all the way. We have to talk to these people, and I want pictures of Hitchbot. This is, uh, I we we might have to get Hitchbot into the Los Colinas studios on his way out west. I'll give him a ride. What the hell? I'll find a way for him to get. <laughs> and after all that, then you get. Oh no! Artificial intelligence has the potential to be as dangerous to mankind as nuclear weapons, a leading pioneer of the technology has claimed. Professor Stuart Russell. He's led the research on artificial intelligence, fears humanity might be driving off a cliff with the rapid development of AI. He fears the technology could be too easily exploited for use by the military and weapons putting them under the control of AI systems. Yeah, we've seen the movie there, Professor. We know what can happen. In fact, there's more than one movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there sure is. There's more than one movie. And it's when all the robots learn and they go crazy. So hopefully we're learning. And we've got got other guys. We did the story on... uh, uh, we we're, people are investing in keeping AI safe. I don't know how that will work. Well, you know who's the gatekeeper, but I know that uh, you know we've got plenty of people trying to keep us AI safe. And I know all the experts, you know, want their they want to ensure the safeguards it has a positive impact on mankind. Well, anything. 
that has a positive impact on mankind is going to have a negative impact somewhere along the somewhere along the road. And one of the professors quotes in an interview with the journal Science for the special edition Artificial Intelligence. From the beginning, the primary interest in nuclear technology was the inexhaustible supply of energy. The possibility of weapons was also obvious. I think there is a reasonable analogy. Analogy. Just messing with you. There's a reasonable analogy between unlimited amounts of energy and unlimited amounts of intelligence. You think? You think? So we just have to hope and pray that it's for the best. And hopefully, if we get a robot that's just too much, that's possessed, we now have someone to call. Because in San Francisco, Reverend Joey Talley, a Wiccan witch, can solve supernatural issues for techies. We've been saved. We've been saved. Okay. Tally is one of his mystics from Marion County, which boasting three master's degrees and over 40 years of experience. Now, tech problems are not the only ones she tackles, but she's routinely called upon to debug people's tech woes with spiritual energy. Now, I am really, really, really sad with myself right now because whenever I have a problem with my phone, I never thought to call a witch, and I should have. I know uh, uh, one of the the (laughs) – I know I'm going to have to call her now. Maybe we'll talk to her on the air. I know one of the top witches in the southeast, and, uh, yeah, they're they're ranked. She's one of the top ones. And – and she's a good witch, though. She doesn't do anything bad. And uh, she gets rid uh, see if she can get rid of, uh, you know, mysterious bugs that keep causing apps to crash and phones keep shutting off for no reason. Yeah, we've got the Wiccan Witch, the Reverend Joey Talley. Now, she claims that uh, she recounts one particular tale when a startup's office alarm would blare at all hours of the day and no one knew why. And after multiple electricians completely failed to solve the problem, the company called in Tally. I got the spirit out. Think about it. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Moments uh, moments away from uh, the great Brad Meltzer joining the broadcast. We'll find out a little bit more about Brad. Of course, we'll be talking, you know, his new books and what he's doing for that. But I've, wanted, I've got a couple of personal questions I need to ask Brad. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask Brad, you can go ahead and tweet me at Jeffy MRA. 
And I'll ask him, no matter what it is, I will ask him what it is. Now, we've got a couple of stories to get to before we uh, before we wrap it up with Brad. Stories that I, I wanted to I wanted to touch on. Uh, good news, for those of you that didn't know, uh, the great uh, Senator John McCain, uh, you know, uh, if you've listened to this network for a while, that he has a daughter, Megan. And good news about Megan, okay? The author, blogger, TV host is going to begin contributing to Fox News. Yes. A spokesman for the network confirmed the hire. McCain is expected to contribute to the network's primetime and daytime programming. While some deride her as a rich man's snooky and a bit of anti-intellectual lightweight, Variety says the Columbia University graduate will be a good addition to Fox News as it heads into the 2016 presidential coverage. I could not agree more. She will bring us some really good entertainment for the 2016 presidential coverage. Did you know that she starred in a reality television series and a news show for Pivot TV? I did not know that either. Surprisingly, they both have been canceled. So, she's got that going for her. No problem. Actor John Hurt, knighthood. The biggest part of this story that I didn't realize, okay, John Hurt. And if you don't remember who he is, I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, won uh, Oscar nominations for The Elephant Man and Midnight Express, which was, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, But uh, he's in the Doctor Who special, but you know him from the... uh, uh, Harry Potter roles, Harry Potter films. But he was given knighthood by Queen Elizabeth. But he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, recently. And he said that uh, his only regret was that his parents were not alive to watch him collect the honor at Windsor Castle. Uh, he said it does make one inordinately proud. So he was very happy to get that. But I didn't know he was so sick. Sad to see him. He's 75. Um, sad to see. I always liked, enjoyed his work. He was a good actor. 40 years, man, he's been acting. Amazing. Good news from McDonald's. Uh, you know, McDonald's is a huge fan. I am of McDonald's. Uh, they need. I wish they'd follow some of my ideas. Maybe they would help them along. Uh, but they now have Gouda. <laughs> yes! Yes, the cheese is Gouda. And the burger is customized. Yes, this is the all-new McDonald's. Can't wait. Let's just keep pushing that, McDonald's. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to keep saying, we can't figure out why our our numbers are going down. We're losing customers. I wonder why. Let's get some more Gouda. No, McDonald's, that's not the problem. So I was at the grocery store, speaking of food, I was at the grocery store um uh, the other day, and, and I know it's, this is going to come to as a surprise to you, but uh, I was going down the ice cream aisle, and uh, just to look, of course, please. And uh, I noticed when you think uh, we've talked about it a couple times on the show, Bluebell ice cream uh, has been off the shelves for quite a while now. I mean, a long time, and they filled in the product. Of course, I mean, you know, I wouldn't expect the grocery stores to have empty shelves. They've got to try to move something. And I'm, I'm sure as soon as Bluebell was was pulled, you know, the other ice cream companies were fighting in the back parking lot for space. 
So, um, and you can see that a lot of the stores have have made their brand a bigger section and given the others just a little bit to keep them happy. But Bluebell is trying to fight back, and uh, they have a Fort Worth businessman uh, and Sid Bass has just invested in the Bluebell, and they're trying to come back and trying to fight come back. Now they hope that they can start production soon. But they don't know. It just and amazing thing about Bluebell um, is that you know how long they've been off the shelves. I mean, it's going to be a big fight to uh, get their space back, to get their production back. They've lost a lot of money, and I hope they do because I'm a big, big fan of Bluebell ice cream uh, and plenty of their flavors too. By the way, almost uh, would you say every flavor, Jeff? I would. I would say almost uh, almost every flavor of Bluebell. I could. I could handle myself and one more from the food bin uh the navy has banned fried food so that's good that our that our naval officers will no longer have fried food they can have baked but no more fries none of that fried stuff listen we want to thank you for serving and for protecting america but no you can't have french fries okay pal get that through your head you can't have french fries the great brad Meltzer coming up just the other side of this coming commercial break this is the jeff fisher show only on the blaze radio network show is on it is welcome to it whole bunch more live programming coming at you on the blaze radio network uh today michael pelka puro pelka coming up right after this broadcast and then uh andrew wk with america wk chris salcedo mike slater joe pags all live all right here on the blaze radio network joining me now on the blaze radio network is the great Brad Meltzer. Brad Meltzer, the, some many call the greatest criminal mind of our time. And no, they're not talking about me. They're talking about the great Brad Meltzer. Brad, welcome to the broadcast. I was going to say, I thought friend. they were talking about you. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. You, sir, are the greatest criminal mind of all time. And I love yet, you. you know that. And yet, the greatest criminal mind of our time is doing children's books. Well, you know, that's what I said. I said, you know, here I am. I just finished writing a thriller. I, you know, come on Glenn's show to talk about the president's shadow. We talk about, you know, this this thriller where the first lady finds a severed arm in the White House Rose right, Garden. Right. So what goes better with severed arms than children's books? Absolutely. Kids yeah, have to so know now, about yes, that. But, but, you know, listen, you know why I do these books. You know me a long time. I was tired of my own kids looking at reality TV show stars and loudmouth athletes and thinking that that's a hero. And I tell my kids all the time that is being famous. And being famous is very different than being a hero. So because of yeah. the show I do on the History Channel, because of the, the thrillers that I do, I said I have so many better heroes for them. So we started doing a children's biography series. Um, and these children's books we started with, I'm Amelia Earhart and I'm Abraham Lincoln. 
And then we did I Am Rosa Parks, I Am Albert Einstein, I Am Jackie Robinson. I love them And finally this week, yeah, I appreciate And listen, I love you for supporting them. I know your family supports each and every one. Um, and I'd be remiss. And, and, and first of all, I would, I would get killed if I didn't mention your amazing wife, who also is the great, not just the greatest cookie giver, but the greatest photographer of all time. Well, she's, she's on her way. She's on her way yeah, to that. Thank you. It. But, you know, you but, talk yeah, about. Then, uh, and then this week we come out with I Am Lucille Ball yeah. is a brand new one that just came out this week. I, it's fantastic, by the way. I was just, in fact, I was just reading it with my daughter last night, and her favorite though is still Amelia. Um, you know, my eight-year-old daughter loves Amelia, and I was taught her favorite was. I asked her, "Well, how come you like that one the best? Because she can do anything, and so can any girl." And, and right, I mean, that's the thing is that book touches people in a way. In fact, the number one email we got for Halloween and letter we got for Halloween was. People who wrote to me and said, "Dear Brad, for the first year, my daughter wasn't a Christmas for uh, for Halloween this year wasn't a princess. Thanks to your book, she went as Amelia Earhart. That's great, and isn't that's it? That's when you're just like, oh my gosh, like this is just beyond whatever I could have expected to happen now, here. Now, I, I just want to go on record as saying I still don't have a problem with princesses. Okay. Oh no, no, listen, please. Okay. No one. I mean, <laughs> I, I live in Florida. No one has given more money to support the princess phenomenon than my family. Like we ate in the castle, we did the breakfast, we raised uh, the no. wands, uh, we I did know. it all. But eventually, oh, you want to give your, you know, you want to give your kids something also that they they can find in real life and give them real and, heroes. And yes, me, and listen, you know, listen, look around at the country. We're starving for heroes. We need great heroes. Oh my gosh! Think about how many of our so-called heroes have fallen from grace and so fast. Okay. It's course, unbelievable. And, and I say, you know, if, if when I want wow. heroes, I want military heroes. You know, there are military heroes we can see every day. My work with the USO, you know, that's the number one thing I learned. But I also think we have to give our kids historical heroes. And, yes. and you know, people say, well, why would you do Lucille Ball or so many others? And I said, you know what? I want my Not daughter. Really. I want my daughter to have a female entertainment hero who yes. isn't just famous for being thin and pretty. And I want, you know, Lucy doesn't just stand for the idea that it's okay to be different. She stands for the idea it's fantastic to be different. Yeah, and she and, really was. You know, and they, and, and her and Ricky were. I mean, they were. Both I of mean, them. He's oh, no, still, uh, no question. He's still known for the, you know, so many, he created so, mu- so many things for television we still use today. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. Not only that, not only that, but, you know, they became, and she became, the, thanks to his work and, and their work together, the first woman to run a, her own Hollywood studio. Right. And Desilu Productions, they together produced these little shows called Star Trek and Mission Impossible. You know how much nerd goodness that gave me? I gave I mean, you a alone, lot I, of I owe them forever business. just for that. You know, one of my favorite stories, too, is uh, I, uh, I uh, have become uh, a little friend to uh, Noel Blank, uh, Mel Blank's son. And he oh, grew up with, oh, those, with, those, with all these people. I mean, they used to have a ping pong night at Lucy's house. Uh, every you know once that. a week, and some of his stories are unbelievable. Yeah, uh, that, over the years, that, and let's talk about that. I mean, that, you know, that's the key thing, right? We all know these characters. We call them characters, but we all know these heroes as famous people. So we know stories of how Lucy became famous. We know how she made her way. Right. But what the kids' books do, and I think it's the most important thing they do, is they show you also when these heroes were little kids themselves. Yes. So you see Lucy when she's a little girl, and the the acting teachers say to her, you're not going to make it. You're terrible at this. You have a bad Midwestern accent. Why can't you be more like your classmate, a little girl named Betty Davis? Right. And then you see the dance studio reject her. You see another acting studio reject her. They all reject her, but she keeps going and going and going because she has this principal in high school who says to her, Lucy, you have talent, 
but you got to make hard work work for that talent. And that's a lesson she takes with her forever. And I want my daughter to have that lesson. Yes. Oh, my and, gosh. And then, she, and then you see this amazing, my favorite story in there is, is you see her grandmother. When Lucy was a little girl, she lived with this grandmother who was just really rough to live with. And the grandmother yeah. used to cover all the mirrors except for the one in the bathroom. So Lucy, it, you know, wouldn't lead to vanity. And, and Lucy used to make funny faces in her reflection in trolley car windows. And I love right. that lesson. <laughs> I, that I know. Facing, There's always a way. Hardship, right. When you're facing hardship, your humor can be a shield for you. Your humor can take on anything. And again, I need my daughter to learn that when she's facing that hard moment to use her sense of humor. And when you're rejected for no matter what it is, you know, it, maybe if you believe in it and are darn good at it, you just keep right on going instead of giving up. I mean, you're a prime example of that yourself. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, right? I got my my first no, my first thriller got 24. My first novel that I wrote got 24 rejection letters. Jeffy, there were there were only 20 publishers at the time. I got 24 rejection letters. (laughs) That means there were some people writing me twice to make sure I got the point. But I said, if they don't like that book, I'll write another. And if they don't like that, I'll write another. And and the goal with these kids' books, it's never about just the Lucy book or the Amelia Earhart book or the Abraham Lincoln book. Our real goal, and you know this is to help you build a library of real heroes for your kids and your grandkids and your nieces and your nephews. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now we're, we're done. I, I have some, I got some personal questions for you. Yeah. Right, I know you're hawking your kids' book, and you got your little, your little President's Shadow books, and you know, all that. I, I know you got all that stuff going on. But uh, I see you Instagrammed a, a picture of yourself, you know, holding up the copy of Lucille Ball and you're wearing your T-shirt promoting the book, which I'm sure you can get your T-shirt at bradmelzer.com, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in your, at your store, the Brad Meltzer store where you get all your stuff. I got it. It's all good. But uh, you're in your, you know, I'm guessing you're in your den, your workplace, because there's a big bookshelf full of stuff behind you, books and little knickknacks. Is that, and I'm guessing maybe that's where you're sitting right now. Um, is that that's where, where I am right now. Okay, okay. so what do you see on the shelf? What good thing? All right, so I, I want to know. Turn around. Tell me what's your favorite thing on those shelves. Okay, so let me look right now. I'm going to look. Oh, I, I can tell you right now. I know what my favorite thing in there is. So if you look to the top right, I don't know if it's in the picture. but what, So I, I got to write the Justice League of America, right? DC Comics hires me to put the team together, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whoever I want. That's like a nerd dream come true, right? <laughs> so the one thing they give me, they surprise me with when I'm, when I'm finally done with the task, is in the top right corner, they gave me a certificate, and it says, this hereby inducts Brad Meltzer into the Justice League of America. Nice. And they literally gave me my own induction certificate, like is the one that they used to, you know, in the comic books, you used to see Superman get one and Batman would get one, yeah. Wonder Woman would get one, and I have one. And that is just, that's as nice. badass as anything. I, I think I know. <laughs> Absolutely um, it is. That's and, really yeah, nice. You know what else is on there? There's, there's actually like a, you'll see some old Freemason books that when people, people's relatives have died, they'll send me these kind of ancient books that they got from the Freemasons. So, so <laughs> I, My I, grandpa I, had this I, in I his basement. all of them. Yeah, yeah you got to have those, no problem. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's, what's next for you? You've got the TV show, you've got the books. How many, how many first of all? We'll, we'll go down the list. How many books are you working on right now? 
And what uh, TV se- show is next? 17 books. I don't even write them anymore. These kids in Malaysia write them for me. <laughs> no, no. I, I listen. I love it. Hey, people think cheap. I pump them out. Like, I can't. I, I do a book every two years on the thriller. Yeah, I know that. But how many? But, but, okay. So you do one every couple of years. I got that. But I, I'm guessing, and, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that, you know, you come up with, uh, say, three or four ideas, and maybe you're working on three or four at a time. They might not come out until th- four to five years from now, but the idea is there. Yeah, no, that's right. So I'm working on. So right now, the next book that comes out is I Am Helen Keller, um, comes out in September. And uh, I will say there's something really special about that book. We, you know, on the pages when she goes blind, um, the pages go black and they just say, this is how I see the world. Oh, wow. And then on the pages where she learns how to read, we actually had real Braille put into the book. So your kids can oh, touch nice. the Braille and, and it says, you know, this is my name. That, you know, my name's Helen. Can you find your name? And then That's they get great. the whole Braille alphabet. Oh, that'll alphabet. be great. They can really understand even more. Which really, really understand it. So then yeah. I'm working on the new thriller after that. And even actually now developing the thriller after that. Because you just have to, see? you know, these ideas, they take a while. And they, and they, you know, they take a long time. And I wish I could just pump them out and, and overnight. But I, it takes me years to work on each one. So... I kind of bust my rear end on that. There um, you go. I think what's on the bookshelf that's cool too that you'd like this <laughs> character. Wait, now you're going to make me open the door. Let's go through my well, let's go through my closet because I never do this with anyone, but for you I'll do it. Oh, well, you know I got awesome stuff here. Okay, so here's the other thing that's cool I'm looking at. So there's the there's the convention comic book guy from The Simpsons is there. But here's the thing nice. that's so awesome. I I never tell anyone the story, but I can only do it with you. If you look at the top <laughs> shelf there, there's an action figure. The action figure, when I worked for DC Comics, and uh, they let, you, I got to invent my own supervillain. And they actually made an action figure of that supervillain. And let me tell you something, Jeff. If you make your own supervillain and you get your own action figure, oh, you're, you've arrived. you get your own superpowers, right? I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. Sleep with this cat. I, I sleep with my action figure. <laughs> I'll leave. I won't ask any more about that. It's okay. <laughs> That's um, really, that's, and then what that's else is really on this cool. shelf? Oh, you know what else is on this shelf? When I was in college, I published a friend's book. My buddy was the um, cartoonist for the daily newspaper in the University of Michigan. And he didn't have anyone to publish his book. So I, I became the publisher, and I literally keep stacks of that book in there. It's the first book I ever worked on. I mean, is that book available, or you just have it around so you, you can no, look I, at it and I say, have, I, I'm looking right now. I have two, four, <laughs> six, eight. I have ten copies. As far as I'm are- concerned... Beside his, I think they're the only 10 copies that exist. <laughs> so the University but, of Michigan, the, the great Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yep. And I noticed uh, that leads me into uh, one question that I had for you that I never hear anybody ask you. Okay. Yeah. I noticed in some of those pictures from the great city of Ann Arbor, which I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in, uh, you had hair. Uh, when I, yeah, was did, the decision? At one point in time, when was yeah. the decision, and what prompted you to, as my oldest son calls it, rock the bald? Yeah, here's the thing. So this is where I'm going to help every bald man out there, and this is what I wish someone said to me. This, this is why I love you, by the way, because I can't do. Usually, I do on the interview they make me hock the books, and then I'm done. With you, I can have actual fun. Like, so here's let's have some fun. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to change bald people's. We're going to change men's lives. Let me let me say it like this first. Everyone is heading my way. Everybody. There you right? go. I know. So I used to have hair. I know. I've I wanted to, to do that for I, a long time. And I didn't just have hair. I had like a lion's mane. Right. I had like awesome hair, which, is, which I love and miss every day. But I will say this, is once you start losing it, 
and you think you can like comb it forward to cover it and no one notices, <laughs> they notice. you're lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah, they and the notice. moment you start losing it, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to shave it all bald because you got to see what the shape of your head is. But trust me, go to the barber, have them buzz it like you're in the military and you will thank me for it because that's there when you, you stop looking like you're hiding something. And when I did that, I remember going to the, to the barber and they buzz it like the military and I was, I remember looking at him and then, he, and then I said, you know what? I like this. Let's go one shorter. And he shaved it like bald, bald. And then I looked at him and he took the sheet off that, that's wrapped around my, my, you know, like the barber yeah. that they put on you so no hair gets there. And he says, nice seeing you. Um, do me a favor and just come in. Because the guy becomes my friend. I always talk to the barber. And he says, just do me a favor. Come in every couple months so I can know how you're doing. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I realized that he's like, oh, I don't need you anymore. Right? That's he right. Doesn't need me anymore? He, and I'm like, wow, you just put yourself out of business. But there you go. The but not really, because you can of, still use him. You can still use him, and yeah, I you still, can still use him. He's a sweetheart. But all right, Brad Meltzer, say, I'm up against the clock. Thank you so much. I could keep you on forever, but I can't since somehow there's commercials and things have to happen on a radio network. That <laughs> go figure. Brad Meltzer, BradMeltzer.com. I am Lucille Ball is the latest. Uh, Helen Keller up next. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Send you my love. Thanks, buddy. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka coming up immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. There's no need to go anywhere else. Live programming all day today. And tomorrow we've got live programming for you. Uh, the Jackie Daly Show. Uh, oh my gosh, what do we got? David Barton. We've got Bill Handel. We've got Gun Talk. I mean, weekends are jam-packed for you here on the Blaze Radio Network. And we appreciate you being here. And, of course, you can download anything. You can go to theblaze.com slash radio. That's the website you're on right now, many of you. And you can download all kinds of separate podcasts that never even make it uh, to the air that are here for you that are fantastic. Just check out the list, along with Sheriff Clark and uh, Rabbi Lappin, just to name a couple. Oh, my gosh. That wraps it up already? Look at you. Has anyone told you you look great today? No? No. <laughs> Well, you do. You look fantastic. Except, I mean, you're really not going to wear that all day, are you? Okay, whatever. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.